I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, Westworld fans. Welcome to the final episode of the Westworld After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Bittersweet, bittersweet show. Talking, of course, about Westworld Season 3, Episode 8, Crisis Theory. I am one of your hosts, Elena Jordan, and joining me, Miss Carrie Lane. What's up, everybody? I can't believe we're at the end. Oh, I agree. Bittersweet. And Alice Ford also saying goodbye to the, the season with us. I mean, well, we know there's going to be another, so I'm excited for that. So many things happened in this. I mean, so many pivotal characters. I'm so excited to get into it with you guys. And Nate Miller, love to have you here because you always add so much. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this episode. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be here, but yeah, bittersweet is definitely the word. Um, it's always great to get a finale, get a cap on the story. But again, then it's like, man, now we just have to wait to find out what happens afterwards. Ugh, I know. And we'll be talking about, of course, the whole episode. And if you're patient, like we're going to have to be for the next season, stick around for the entire episode where we'll also give you guys some news, too, that Alice will be filling us in on. And we'll give you guys our predictions for what we think might happen next season based on what we got this episode. So without any further ado, let's dive right into it. Nate, what were your overall thoughts on this episode, this final episode of season three? Um, I thought it was good. I think um, I I had kind of said that this was a big set. This was more of a setup season, kind of like season one was for season two. Um, and I think definitely in the end, we kind of saw that. Um, I think it was a good way to reveal a lot of things. There was still a lot of cool, like, Westworld, whoa, moments. Um, we got some good action scenes. Uh, and and the plot moved forward pretty well. Um, like I said uh, to you guys, I do have some gripes. There's a couple things, you know, I'm still, like I said last week, a little iffy about Maeve and her motivations and stuff. Um, I, I had a feeling she was going to turn. It just kind of felt very convenient for it to take so long for them to like have a conversation um but yeah but in general i really liked it i like the direction it's going in and i'm just really really excited about where the story is going to be going next what did you think alice yeah i mean i agree with nate i mean there were some things that i definitely was like scratching my head about throughout the episode and a couple of things that were kind of confusing to me and but I also do, I, I agree, like this is a setup, a setup season and I am excited for where it's going next season to see like what happens with this whole robot revolution and, and where we are, you know, at the beginning of next season as far as a timeline. So I overall liked it, but I definitely had some gripes as well. Now, with this being kind of a setup season, Carrie Lane, did you feel like this was still a really satisfying conclusion to this season? I think it finishes off this season well enough, and but it definitely leaves with a lot of questions of like, so what's happening next? Uh, we did get, which we'll talk later probably, is finally Maeve and Dolores actually kind of talk not much but a little bit like wait what's your motivation well what's yours there probably could have been a bit more there but i'm glad we got a little bit because we did talk a lot about that last week and yeah 
I feel better knowing it's a setup season. It'd be like if you went to a movie and you didn't know that there was a next one. So I'm like, okay, good. There'll be more. Yeah, I am very, very glad that we got the uh, the news that Alice gave us. This was already renewed. So going into this finale, I wasn't like, oh, you sons of bitches. Like, what if we don't know? So I, I'm, I am very excited for what will come. Um, but kind of talking about this episode, kicking it off, uh, Dolores, we had her, you know, the some people see the ugliness in this world speech kind of altered at the beginning and then we see it later effort at the end this is the same one that we saw that kicked off her whole uh loop in season one and then we saw it again echoed in season two as far as this the big kind of overarching question that we've had of who is the villain and who is the good guy this episode we see that addressed directly with Caleb questioning you know am I the good guy am I the bad guy is that is that why you chose me um, which we see later echoed with William too. Did you guys feel satisfied in this being so on the nose of Dolores being painted out as no, she is not the villain. We are going to go so far as to say she is not the villain. Or did you feel like that that was satisfying or that that was a little bit too, eh? What did you, what did you think, Nate? Um, and that speech she tells in the beginning is very important. And that really speaks to why she says what she says in the end, when she's talking to Maeve about how she changed her mind. Um, and the thing I kept kicking myself over was not seeing like the outcome of the season because it mirrors the, the same outcome that we've seen before. It's the same situation that Bernard put Dolores in. It's the same situation that Ford put Dolores in again later. Dolores is playing the Ford role of orchestrating these this kind of path to freedom and then saying, if it for really to be freedom, it has to be your choice. I can't make it for you. So that's why I picked you because you are capable of making a choice. It could go either way, but that's what makes it like real, right? As opposed to the Rehoboam Serac world of not not a choice, there's a path for everything. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense for her to be the good guy in this situation, to kind of make this turn from what we've seen before. Um, I mean, again, it's all a matter of perspective. From her angle, it seems like she's the good guy. There's still a lot of people that died for her cause. Um, I don't know. It, I thought it was really cool. It's really interesting from like a sci-fi perspective of thinking about reality and how these kind of situations might play out. Um, I thought it was really cool for the character. Uh, yeah, I liked I liked it a lot. I think it was a good reveal of uh, Caleb and all that stuff and how it played out. Yeah, I like I liked that it echoed uh, just from from kind of a poetic stance of having that same speech kind of echoed throughout, and then having what we and they kind of talked about this a little bit in the the after episode about the first couple seasons when she's saying, you know, I see the beauty in the world. I choose to see the beauty. It, it came from this place of you think she's kind of naive for thinking that like she's just programmed with this basic idea but after all of this to have her go back to that core and say even when all of my memories are being stripped of me the ones that I hold on to the dearest are the the positive moments and the good and so even though it's part of my basic programming it's the part that I choose to acknowledge and to highlight is 
I to, to choose to see the beauty. Yeah, and, and I think even further on like the meta aspect of what Nolan and Joy are trying to get at with this story and the idea, the comparison of humanity with hosts and stuff is this idea of choice and being able to choose like the world that we live in. Yes, it has a lot of terrible, awful you know despicable things but there's also beauty and great things and love and thing and positive things to choose to see as well and that's kind of the affirmation of humanity of life of of even in spite of these terrible things that happen to us or we do or whatever there is another choice there's another path there's another way to see things so it's a very very interesting perspective to not only get on the show as a whole but also to see Dolores as an outsider looking at humanity not only just from the data she's collecting from Westworld but also coming out of Westworld and seeing the real world and seeing how people interact really really that really part of stuff. that free will is the 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 ability to choose the way you see your reality um yeah, I, I exactly. thought it was really cool but Alice kind of talking about this idea of free will we were kind of going back and forth on this a lot this season of this this kind of concept of free will and do they ever even have free will if everything is kind of predetermined? So they flat out say this time, though, Dolores is like, look, I thought the same thing. I thought that, you know, humans didn't have free will. I was wrong. They were wrong. Free will does exist. It's just really freaking hard. So what did you think of that line and that kind of mentality as it pertains to the, the conversation that we've been having this whole season about free will? Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that they had that line. I like that line because it is so true. And if we talk about like how that correlates to like humanity in our world, like, you know, it is true. Like it's hard to do maybe the right thing or the hard thing to make your situation different than the cards that you're given so yeah that is such a true statement and i'm glad that they did mention that because yeah that is the hard thing is doing what is difficult so and i think that this season especially in the current climate that we're in is a really good like shadowing of what we're going through right now i think as a society and even just like the whole being positive and and seeing the beautiful and the good in even like a dark situation so i think there's a lot of like good takeaways that we can take especially from this season and this episode too just saying like trying to stay positive right now too <laughs> yeah you know, oh, i was good. gonna say to piggyback off that too is um it, it's I, I also really liked the line of free will is really hard because you could just do the other way and not really make a choice and let things happen to you. And that's where it's easy because it's hard to make a choice to do something, to react instead of just not participate. So that was very poignant with like, yeah, like we were all saying is today's world is to be active in what you're doing is hard, but that's what's worthwhile. They kind of talk about that a little bit as well, but on the opposite end of the coin and kind of the other side of the coin, when we see that Dolores is pulling the strings by paying people via the Rico app to go and riot and is moving all of these pieces around. So we've kind of had this idea of free will isn't free like but in a literal sense where there's people who are still manipulated by like there's a certain amount of money there's still a price 
that you feel that that choice is taken away from you. And this, I feel like they they touched on it, but I would have liked to see that explored a little bit more because that was kind of a recurring theme that we touched on a little bit before. Um, so that was the only thing that I was like, I wish they would have, you know, kind of highlighted that aspect a little bit though, is at some point there are aspects of society and there are, you know, currencies, physical currencies that you have to give to be able to participate in society and you have to be able to attain those to some degree. So that was just like a little quick thing that I, I wish there was more time that they could have delved into it, but I understand why it couldn't be like two hours. Uh, I mean, no, there was a I, lot of things. I oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Alice. I'll go after you. I was just gonna say there was a lot of things that I in this season or also this episode where I think like we got a little, but like I would have liked more too. And like I think Nate, like you talked last episode about like the relationship with Maeve and like Maeve's kind of um, reasons as to why she's not on Dolores' side or easily swayed. And I would have liked more on that also because we did see Dolores finally be like, I don't want to fight you. But then it was just like, okay, well, why is Maeve so like walled off to like hearing anything that Dolores has to say? So I would like to see more of that. And as you said to Elena, like just some more of that other stuff with Caleb and like the other people in society. So yeah, there's a couple of things that I would have liked to see more of too. My, so my, my thing with Maeve is I'm frustrated that it took so long to have this discussion and for her to have this change of heart. That being said, I did still find it very satisfying. The idea that Dolores's whole plan was for her to be there and to die essentially in front of Caleb for him to, to spur him to make a choice and to see, and to see like what's on the line, but also mm -hmm. for Maeve also. So that to me is what's very interesting. Like knowing Maeve's character, she is very stubborn. It would take a lot to sway her. I, mm -hmm. I still feel like it could have been uh, portrayed better um, for Maeve to be like struggling with this choice and what she's going through. I think in the last episode, they made a good point of Sorak being like, look, you're working for me, but also by the way, you don't really have a choice. You have to work for me. <laughs> and I, if he could have said that earlier, I think the struggle with Maeve would have kind of read a little bit better. Um, but again, seeing it in the end, it all came together for me. And I, and I, I kind of was with that, but I, I, I get what you're saying with Maeve. Like it was frustrating knowing what we know of the character um but it's interesting to me this idea that Dolores plan all along was for her to sacrifice herself and that was what would that's what it would take for Maeve to see that she that a Dolores remember who she interacted with in season two where she was really just kind of running around killing people um kind of to kind of get her to see Dolores in like a different light right mm -hmm. and, and I think that's kind of what the whole point of the season was now that we've gotten here, her. I get it, but I just, the way that we got here, I'm not sure about that. I agree. It felt like her, her motivations were a little off. Like this season, it really solidified where it's like, your eternity is determined by me, Ciroc, so you have to do, you know, what is being said. Whereas her thoughts towards Dolores before, I mean, I really liked the line this episode where she said, where she's talking about Caleb and she said, are you going to make him an into another William. And I thought that was really telling because this is kind of a, a theme they highlight is the idea of women feeling that they have to be pitted against each other 
And a lot of that has to do with the motivations of the men in these scenarios, because we see throughout Westworld, both Dolores and Maeve kind of victimized and kind of taking over their stance in different ways. But having the idea that William going off in his intrinsic violent nature was somehow Dolores's fault, that she somehow made him that way when we've had this whole separate storyline saying, no, 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 he's always been kind of messed up. So I like that that was just subtly thrown in there, but I would have liked to see that explored a little bit more too of the, the kind of theme of women being blamed for these violent men that we've seen kind of throughout. Um, but no what comment. did you think? Yeah. What up, <laughs> Nate? We're all getting up on you. Um, uh, what did you think, Carrie Lane, of this uh, kind of big twist moment for Dolores that you've been kind of calling uh, that Hale was going to kind of, you know, throw a, a wrench in the works here and was going to totally switched everything up that in a way that Dolores wasn't expecting. Um, what did you feel that this was satisfying having this kind of mini face off that they had a couple times or did you feel like you wanted more? No, I liked where they went with it. I liked also that wasn't exactly what I was expecting of. I get, had guessed that Hale would be the betrayer, but I, I liked that it was more that she's doing not necessarily for the humans but she's doing what Dolores's plan is sort of but not really making it like she's made another option so I was like oh okay that's kind of more interesting too that it wasn't as super obvious what her goals and intentions were and I like that she's breaking away and uh she had the I don't remember what the line was exactly but essentially like restructuring of like all right all right of just like we're cutting ties and dishing it back and it's like you know eye for an eye but still it was very kind of satisfying if you did this to me and guess what I'm gonna kind of do it back I've decided to consolidate our affairs yeah dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh what did you think of the the kind of twist when we have this big Dolores Maeve face-off the the big battle face-off and then have Hale shut down Dolores and kind of do this this kind of line where she was saying you know it's not that I wanted you to suffer like I did I wanted you to have hope right before it was taken away from you like I did did was that a satisfying line for you or did that just kind of like oh now I don't like her as much <laughs> you know it's kind of weird because we're you want to root for Dolores as like changing humanity in a way but then she's killing people so then she's also the bad guy so there's kind of the duality there and Hale and I don't know if it's because of who she is that we're seeing that I'm like wanting to root for her even though we know it's Dolores but it was kind of nice to get the payback because that person had hardened you I don't know it was it it's weird because you're rooting for both and not at the same time I want to see more. I mean, I we'll talk about it in our predictions, but I want to see more of kind of the interim of what she's been up to mm -hmm. because we see the end of her, you know, ultimate plot. Uh, one moment that really, really made me sad this episode, though, 
Giggles getting shot. Do you guys think that Giggles is dead? We see Ash get let out in handcuffs, but I'm like, Marsha. <laughs> I think he's still alive. Yeah. You think he's still alive? I hope so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't know how many centuries have passed and when we're going to go into season four. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It could just be like the end of the world as we know it and we feel fine. Um, what did you guys think too of Caleb's interaction with Maeve of, you know, like going from almost this video game type thing, like, are you the final confrontation um, to then deciding, you know, who is the enemy and his idea of your, you were chosen because of your violent nature versus you were chosen because of your choice. Did you feel that this, with this ending, with this big power surge and, and everything and this whole moment culminating in the two of them walking out in an ending to this, you know, epic Pink Floyd song. What, what do you guys think of this, of literally standing and watching the world burn? Was this like, it, it felt like a weird team up to me, but I was kind of on board, but it still felt like there was almost a piece missing. Like it seemed like someone else should be there to round it out, but I don't know if that was just me. What did you think, Alice? Yeah, it was like the ending of a superhero movie that like, I don't know, it was weird. Um, it's Fight Club. But also, the end of Fight I Club. guess it's like, <laughs> yeah, right? You met me at a very strange like, time in my life. <laughs> I guess if like they're both going to be the leaders of the new revolution, they should be like the now they're like the king and queen of the end of the world, I guess. So I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it seems yeah, weird of we'll like I wanted to know what Maeve's motivations are now with Caleb if she's going to work with him with this revolution. It it seems more like she was really quick and easy to pivot of like, well, this is my plan that didn't work let's try something else and you're like oh, sure it seemed to me it was because she actually saw it in Dolores's mind versus mm. having to take her word for it when she saw the actual true perspective of it because she also saw that moment that Caleb was wondering where he was like okay so we use Dolores multiple times not just in Westworld but also as training which it was like mm -hmm. okay that would make sense but in this moment where it's like, is she going to get raped by these uh, soldiers? And it's kind of implied that Caleb went along with it. But then later we see that, no, he was cognizant and said, we're not like those rich a-holes. Like, we don't do this. This is where we draw the line. I think seeing that to her and seeing it through Dolores's perspective of Dolores having seen for the most part just the worst in people and then seeing somebody who had really nothing to gain by standing up you know but other than feeling well, better about oh go it's ahead not, yeah no I'm going off of that of uh not necessarily that I didn't understand Maeve's like motivations for that but it felt interesting because she didn't necessarily seem to be like for the cause as much and so she seemed to quickly get on board. But yes, yeah, seeing probably in Dolores's mind helps show her that, no, Caleb's a good option of doing this. And uh, what her, what Dolores's true intentions were. It just was interesting for Maeve that like, she had such a hard goal before and now that she doesn't have it, she's kind of like, well, 
I got to do something else to pass the time. I also I, think that like uh, if if Maeve because Maeve asked Dolores like just let me in your mind and I can tell and Dolores right? runs but like if she had just actually done that which it seems like she mm -hmm. would have wanted to do that then we would have then Maeve would have like already been on her side and they would have gone together to stop Ciroc so for so me I, like that I don't know what's your thoughts on that I want to say two things <laughs> in response to that First of all, very important scene she has with Serac where they're talking and he re he ba I mean he re-expositions her whole plot line of the season again where he's like mm -hmm. I control what you what happens to you you don't really have a choice again remember so that is that's very instrumental in her also making that choice to turn on him not necessarily just talking to Dolores but also realizing he's mm -hmm. a bad guy mm -hmm. two this part is where I have kind of an issue with this episode and frankly the season as a whole. I really like where we landed. I'm really unsure about how we got there. This idea that Dolores's plan involves her uploading herself up to Rehoboam to give it power over to Caleb. Um, I mean, from a tech standpoint, that's a really, really giant flaw. Like, oh yeah, let's just hook up this host in here to put this malicious software onto our giant AI that runs the whole world. So that's kind of iffy. Two, if that was her plan, right? So then when Shalora shuts her down so that they capture her to bring her there, was that part of the plan too? And when right. she says she's accelerating the plan, the whole Shalora's thing is very interesting because it's implied from this episode that basically she is Dolores, but she's Del she's the Dolores that did not choose to see the beauty. She's the Dolores that's on the other side that's like, yeah, we just need to wipe out humanity because they suck. So that, I mean, that's that's what it's implied. That, or at least that's how I read it. So it's a very yeah. interesting to see them kind of pitted against each other. But then the question is like, well, then why did she help? I mean, I can understand why it would still benefit her, her for the robot, for Rehoboam to be shut down. But would Dolores just orchestrate herself to be caught anyways? I don't know. There's just I just have some questions about that part. Yeah, there are some things that it's like, okay, but what was part of your plan then? But I feel like they're so good about every time I go back and rewatch it, I'm like, oh, airtight. It's like, like it's like the Oceans movies or like like the Rick and Morty heist episode where it's like, well, actually, that was part of my plan for them to double cross you and act and and then they go, yep, I'm in. <laughs> I do think a lot of this one too, though. I think that it's a, a good point that you mentioned that her views on Ciroc changing also was a big impetus for her kind yeah, of switching yeah, sides. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and that had to do too with, you know, how we've had all these religious allegories all the way through, even with the Rehoboam and the Solomon and, you know, the, the biblical names. Um, but when we find out that Ciroc is being controlled quite literally by Rehoboam, and, you know, she's saying, you know, we all answer to a higher power, but your God just whispers in your ears and tells you what to say. You know, I, I want to create my own world. And it's this, this kind of idea of who are the gods of this new world and who are like the demons of this new world, which has been this whole good and evil duplexity that they've had going on. I really liked it. I thought the timing of it to me was cool but i do understand why logistically it is kind of like but wait what 
Nah. But what did you guys think of the whole storyline of William Bernard and Ashley and this this whole thing with like Lawrence showing up and you know the S the SFPD coming in, but we find out that they're controlled by Dolores too, even when we have this this whole action sequence. Do, were you guys satisfied with kind of how this played out with? you know, the split of William going off to go get his money and resurrect himself and Stubbs and Bernard kind of taking this detour, Bernard taking this emotional detour that we see too with, with Lauren. What did you guys think kind of overall of this whole storyline? Nate? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel like, again, like I've said before, like Bernard and to an extent William, I mean even though we did kind of get an end to his character arc, obviously at the end of the season, this was very much a transitory season for them of like, things are happening and they will be involved later. And when they get there later, you're going to be like, Oh, how did they get here? And this season is like that. Well, this is how they got there next season. But whatever Bernard learned, or I would even say the time that he spends in the sublime, which who knows how time works in the simulation. Cause we've seen that it can be different from reality. Um, that's going to be a big focal point of the next season. So the this idea of like where did he get the key to the sublime? How did he get into it? How, you know, how did he survive the apocalypse or whatever happens? Like all of this is now answered by what happened in season three. Um, so, am I going to say I didn't wish there was more Bernard? No, definitely not. He's probably my favorite character. I definitely wanted more of him, but you know, I love this show so much and I'm, I have that excitement and I know that this is building for him to be a huge building block of next season. So, so I, I was really into it. Where I'm just kind of assuming next season is going to be like the Jeffrey Wright season. Like I mean, I would was assume very so. much Evan Rachel Wood, but it was like, especially, as, yeah, well, and, and, <laughs> and now watching it through the lens of having seen the show it, this season, having been so heavily on Dolores, does kind of lend itself to being like a goodbye season for her. That's why I'm not sure if she's going to return. Like Dolores, you know, Dolores mm -hmm. is still around, right? Mm, but, that's true. but as we've seen, these copies are not necessarily the same. We got a great reveal from Dolores where she says, which totally makes sense within the lore, all of these hosts are copies of me. I was the first working one, the first working version of the software, right? So then they copied it and reprinted it and then modified it as needed um and when she said that it was like all right now you're just being an asshole like oh you're all my sons but then it's like all right okay that actually makes a lot of sense and so that also feeds into this allegory of her being the like kind of mother of hosts right who ha has this kind of sacrificial death at the end so that host may actually live on um so it's very 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 interesting i love this show so much. and another so, biblical so, reference so as well time and together yeah. and the performances yeah. too like evan's performance this season and in these ending scenes like in talking to Maeve, like it was so good alice what did you think too about the scene kind of talking about brilliantly acted emotional scenes um of lauren talking to arnold aka bernard of him going and talking about charlie and, and letting go because i lost it at this scene like i was just uh. honestly i was a little confused um as to like why we were there 
And uh, I guess I didn't remember Lauren from the past seasons and was like, who is And then I obviously was like, okay, that's, you know, Charlie's mom. Um, yeah, I, I guess it didn't do anything for me. It was a little bit meaningless for me anyways to go there. Um, I agree with Nate, like I definitely want to see more, I wanted to see more Bernard in this season. And so, um, but yeah, I, I, that scene did nothing for me. And I, I don't know why they had it <laughs> in the show. Yikes. Yeah, I felt it was an emotional, uh, re like affirmation thing for him of learning something and understanding something about himself and the letting go of somebody as their memories. So I thought he learned something like emotional context for himself that it was an interesting journey for him to, to it wasn't like, Oh, out of left field a little bit, but that's what often happens in this show where something seems a little bit like, why do we do that? But that's, how it helps those characters move into a new space so i enjoyed that yeah i i liked it a lot i mean it was it's closure for the character um you know like this is his cornerstone and it, it really kind of shows just like how you know dolores had an end to her arc for the first three seasons which ended in her death um he similarly has an end to his arcs um he's just alive he's almost kind of reborn is what i got from it um, so I think that's why the next time we see him, which will be a very major influential character, I think he is going to be different because he has kind of faced his demon, so to speak, which is what this is. Um, acknowledging that it was real, I think is going to be very important. I think the next focus of this show is going to be on this kind of human robot hybrid of which um, Barnard is sort of a step in that direction. He's not quite that 100%, but he's more more so than the average host um yeah so it's really i'm, I'm to surprised. me it seemed like that the reason dolores sent him to go see lauren because we get that whole thing was like he was sent there like a friend said to go and it was part of the plan is because he was kind of on the fence with with everything he was just kind of existing but without any true motivation and then when lauren said look i the only part of Charlie that I had left with his memory, but if I died, then the darkness would take that too. But if I keep moving, then I can find the light again and I can bring him with me. So it seemed like that was motivation to be like, okay, Bernard, don't give up because even in the apocalypse and the end of the world, there's something that's going to come after. And as long as you're resilient through, you can take the memories of all the people who have impacted you and they can live on through you. Yeah, it, um, it, it echoes what Aketchit has said, right? Like you only live as long as people remember you. And so mm -hmm. this idea of living on to carry on the memory of others so that they survive, this that is essentially boiled down to its core. That's what Bernard is right now, right? Because mm -hmm. as long as he's alive, he has all of the other hosts in the sublime, the keys in his brain. So if he dies, that key's gone, they're gone forever. Um, so he ain't physically embodies that and i think yeah just like elena said that was this was dolores's way just like of her dying in front of mave and in front of caleb this was her way of of explaining to bernard like hey i know you've been lost and you you know you think one way about me and that's fine but get this perspective and then you understand where i'm coming from and then you'll kind of finally 
fit into the plan as you're supposed to because you you understand what the plan is. And kind of talking about the uh, the plan as it seems to go, we have at the end of the show our post credit scene, which we get two different little snippets here. One that is Bernard, of course, all covered in dust, where mm-hmm. we saw where he goes to the Sublime and shuts down. Um, so we know that some time has passed in that regard, but we also get Sherlock Lawrence's full plan. We see William go and confront the host version of himself. Um, so what did you guys think? Because I honestly, the post credit scene to me got me so jazzed and excited that I was immediately sad again, knowing that we were going to have to wait so long to see what <laughs> happens next. <laughs> like it was a true roller coaster of emotion for me. What did you think of the the post credit, Alice? I mean, I was glad they had it because when the episode ended, I was like, "Well, what happened to William? He went off to save the world and he never came back." You know. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that they had it. Although I am surprised that he was killed by himself, just because we've been hearing the last couple of episodes and going to save the world and going to save the world and then like and you're dead um so that was a surprise um I was also surprised that they're in like Saudi Arabia I guess maybe Dubai Dubai Dubai. okay um yeah it was a I wasn't surprised of Hale but I was definitely surprised about William but I'm glad that we had that post credit because there were definitely a lot of unanswered questions (laughs) Do we think that William is the case where they were able to build a new host from the data collection, which is what they were trying to do? Okay, like the like the totally. goal of what the program was before. I, I felt, I know we're, there's kind of mixed opinions on William, but it kind of felt like poetic justice for him to be like, I'm going to save the world. And then you get killed by yourself and to get essentially, uh, like them telling him like no your attitude's awful always been awful and you suck and die it's like okay then like i was like well just These take violent him out delights of violent yeah. ends mm-hmm. sorry about it question. william and Nate, you probably can answer this because you know everything um <laughs> <laughs> so when rehoboam is shut down or you know overrided with dolores like how does that affect the data that was stolen by Hale that is like all the Delos information? Because obviously that's what she's using to like seemingly potentially rebuild like hosts and things like that. But that's a separate copy than whatever was in the other supercomputer. Yeah, I don't think those are related at all. I think because okay. I mean, Sorak wasn't really interested. What she stole was the host data of like how to make hosts, how to rebuild them, yada, yada, yada. Sorak said multiple times he wasn't really interested in that. All he wanted was he the wanted data. the Delos immortality project. Exactly. Yeah. He wanted the, the people data, um, which mm-hmm. is locked in Bernard's head. Right. But then how does Hale have it if she rebuilt William? Because she, because she took it from the the hard drive yeah. earlier she copied right. all the data because she, the mole oh that's right insight. and we got to yeah. and we got to see her guns on the way out yeah and as far as the william data i'm assuming that we will get more information on that in season four but if i had to hazard a guess um i would just assume that delos had been working on 
you know, collecting his own data as well for another immortality project, uh, whether that was on behalf of, uh, you know, the Dolores in some, sometime in the past or something like that. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm this whole thing, like it's cool, especially knowing like the original Westworld with like Yul Brenner kind of being the uh, equal character to like the man in black in our series, our story. Um, so it was really cool seeing like an actual host version of him come out and be like a badass and like presumably be a, a bad guy next season. Um, that being said, with all the like development we got with William, it it is kind of disappointing for them to be like he has this whole re- resolution and this th- VR therapy session with himself, and then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna save the world," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." So next season he's gonna be like out on his own, human, kind of fighting the hosts that are doing something or whatever, and then he just kind of dies, and it's like, it's all right, it's just a whole lot of him killing himself this whole season, killing different <laughs> versions of himself. It's like, all right, William, we get it. You got like the whole man versus man fight like man versus self we see you uh no we only have a couple minutes left uh so any last thoughts before we uh have a little bit of news and then our final predictions i think it's been a very satisfying season but i am looking forward to like when the next season comes out is to like do a rewatch because it'll be nice to digest it again in completion like all complete right before the next one uh, and I'm excited to see where it is. And um, I agree. I'm, I, I'm like, it's going to be too long. Can't it be sooner? <laughs> and I believe we have a little bit of news as well. We do have a little bit of news. Um, I guess the first thing that I want to say is we already know there's going to be a season four. I was actually reading today that there also may be a season five and six. So obviously oh. we'll have to wait and see what All happens right. with everything but um those are on the back burner as well so i'm like can they just shoot all of it at the same time so we don't have to wait two years in between (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i hope um and then some other news is if you guys are interested um thandy newton was actually on stephen colbert and it's a pretty funny interview if you guys want to check it out um it's all over the internet so check that out um also um Evan has some great photos on her Instagram from this season, which I think we are going to put a few up on the screen um, for you guys. But they oh. just show a, a couple different things from throughout the season of her on set and in some of the makeup and bullet wounds. So kind of some cool stuff to catch up with if you haven't um, checked that out. Also, Aaron Paul is going to be starring in a new um, sci-fi thriller called Duel. Um, this is going to be with Karen Gillan and Jesse Eisenberg. And um, I don't know when it's going to come out, <laughs> but it is currently in the works. So, or, you know, in pre-production whenever we get back to shooting things. So also, if you want more news on Aaron Paul, he also is going to be doing an IG live on Tuesday about his Mezcal company. So if you guys want to check that out, you can check that out on Instagram too. Cool. Yeah. And that's pretty well, much it for news. Talking a little bit about next season before we say farewell to everyone for probably a year plus on Westworld. Uh, what are your thoughts, your predictions dun, 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 for next season, Carrie Lane? I think it's going to be quite a bit of time. Bernard had a bit of dust going on. Uh, so I don't think it'll be like a year. I feel like it might be interesting to see more like a hundred years later. 
or even further i don't know it depends um i would like to think that humanity didn't totally crash and burn with these changes going on but i'd be curious to see i'm really excited to see what comes out of this new free will offer of life to people free will but don't free william yeah <laughs> alice <laughs> yeah i really want to go back um and rewatch that one section where they had the the times of what would happen when if the computer program mm -hmm. went through um to see when those were but yeah i agree with you i think that we're gonna be maybe a couple hundred years in the future and i think that society will have probably righted itself but i don't really know what hale's been up to so maybe it hasn't I guess that's still a question in my mind is whether or not, you know, it's going to be all hosts or half hosts, half humans. Um, but yeah, I think if it, if it goes according to plan, people should be out of the chaos and into a more beautiful world, hopefully. Nate, what do you think? Are you as optimistic? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's always got to be a bad guy. Um, I don't know, like it could go so many different ways. We could, it could just be like a two year time skip and then we, we get a full on uh, post apocalypse. Uh, Aaron Paul with Maeve leading a tribe of rebels trying to free people, being wronged by hosts or whatever. I like the idea of uh, Shaloris having like a host army and they're like being bad guy hosts that people can like fight and stuff. Like, I, I'm into that very much being hosts on kind of both sides um but also it could go the other way too it could like you know it could be 200 years and we just kind of see the aftermath of what dolores and caleb kind of set into motion and we see society kind of restarting again now with hosts and humans um it could go a lot of different ways i'm i'm just really excited again to see what happens it's gonna be a long wait um but it's definitely gonna be worth it i'm a big fan of this show i'm, I'm excited to go back and watch the first season now and kind of start from there and, and apply all of this new things that we know to that that's part of why i love this show so much is every time there's a new season when you go back and rewatch it then you just find more easter eggs throughout so i love it from the hailstorm to the aaron paul eclipse i'm here for it every second of it both of those are for you nate uh, so you guys let us know what you think is going to happen too in the comments below we love hearing from you guys let us know what you thought this season, what your favorite moments were, and where can everybody keep up with you guys as well? Carrie Lane? Uh, yes, you can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And a different kind of sci-fi show, but very fun, Vagrant Queen After Show is also on AfterBuzz. We've had a lot of the actors and directors on the show, so tune in for that. And if you're a fan of anime, we just started our coverage of Demon Slayer, and we have a lot of guests lined up for that as well. Slay, slay, demon slay. Uh, Alice Ford, where can we keep up with you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Alice L Ford and on Instagram at Alice's Adventures on Earth. And where can we keep up with you, Nate Miller? Guys, you can find me everywhere at Dog Like Nate. And tomorrow we are doing the Rick and Morty after show. So if you watch that show, which you should, because it's fantastic, come check us out. 
And I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan. That's A-L-A-N-A-J-O-R-D-A-N. And on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And you can also check me out on the sci-fi scripted podcast, relativitypodcast.com, written by Lee Shackelford, who wrote some stuff for Star Trek Next Generation. And it's kind of oddly in similar vein to some stuff in Westworld this season, but uh either way we just love hearing from you guys so be sure to again comment like subscribe give us those thumbs up and keep chatting with us because we love you and we're gonna miss ya Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.